Hello and welcome to Speaking About Speaking with me, Jackie Goddard. And I come to you today from not so sunny Birmingham in the uh, the Midlands, should we say. Uh, and I'm here today for a conference that I'm going to tomorrow, Digital Women Live. So Ella Orr, if you're out there listening to this, I'm coming to see you tomorrow speaking on a stage and I cannot wait. So here I am holed up in my hotel room and really, really looking forward to that and, and maybe actually going out and exploring Birmingham, a place that I have never been. So really looking forward to that. But welcome today to the Speaking About Speaking. And my guest today is Stephanie Bonte-Lebert. And Stephanie has been a, uh, well, a professional singer for the last 20, well, but for the last 20 years has been working with business leaders and other singers on really uh, teaching them how to use their voice to influence and engage and connect with the, with the people that they love and the people that they're working with. So I'm going to, without much further ado, bring Stephanie onto the screen and uh, all the way from Washington, D.C. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being here today. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Jackie. Oh, you are more than welcome. I'm going to swap you over so that I can I can play with the screen a little bit more because I can do do all sorts of things. So tell us a little bit about how you how you came to be a singer, because I know you are a classically trained singer uh, and then transitioning over a little bit like me from performing into working with people on their voice. Why? Why the transition? How did how did that happen? Well, I've always loved to sing ever since I can remember, ever since I was a very small child. And so I just gravitated towards the performing arts as I grew up. And I knew in high school that I was going to major in music in college. There was no question in my mind. In fact, I knew I wanted to be a performance major and not even an education major, much to the dismay of my parents who felt like I was going to be some kind of starving artist the rest of my life. So I went to Illinois State University. I was born and raised in the Midwest. Um, and I went to, I got my bachelor's and my master's in vocal performance, a minor in speech pathology, because I really wanted to understand my voice and how it functioned. And I graduated essentially as a classically trained opera singer. That's what you get when you have a master's in voice. And I moved to New York City and I performed in operas, musicals, cabaret, dinner theater, you name it. I was doing it. And I eventually married my husband who works for NASA. And I ended up moving outside Washington, D.C., and my business was as a singing teacher. I was teaching children how to sing, adults how to enjoy their voice and sing. I had a choir that I conducted. I was doing a lot of things and I was feeling like there was something more. I felt like, gosh, there's gotta be more than just teaching lessons all day or just leading choirs. And I had a friend who took me to a business networking event. And I was fascinated by this. I loved the energy in the room. I loved how people were talking about the joy of what they did in their business and how they were helping people. And I also saw a lot of uh, struggles with messaging, struggles with confidence. Maybe they looked a little scared when they were introducing themselves or they would get done speaking about themselves. And I still had no idea what they did. <laughs> so I said to myself, wow, there's a lot of skill sets that I have as a professional singer and performer on stages that can translate to the business world. And I really wanted to do something new and different. I wanted to challenge myself, take myself outside the box a little bit and explore what would be possible with my skill set to use it in different ways. 
And hence, I became a presentation, speaking, and sales coach over the last 10 years or so. My business has really shifted. And I even now run a networking group for service-based business owners from all over. And I do that virtually so I can help people anywhere, wherever they live. Yeah. And I've been to those. I've been to one of one of your meetings and, and it's a lovely, lovely space that you hold for people. And it's Thank you. it's a it's a creative space as well, which I which I love, you know, and that obviously comes from from the back, your creative background yourself. And there's a lot of crossover really in the way that we we've come to be doing what we're doing because we're both from a, a performing background. And like you, more specifically for me during lockdown, when I suddenly was in networking spaces with more people. So rather than be before lockdown, when I was just sort of visiting the same groups and meeting the same people, suddenly being in breakout rooms and Zoom calls where there were, there were lots of people from all over the world, I suddenly began realizing that actually the skill set that I had as an actor, the training that I'd been through as an actor was so beneficial to everybody you know, how you use your voice, the motivation behind, the intention behind what it is that you're saying, the words that you use, all yes. of those things. And and uh, like you now, it's like, well, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else now because you can you can really see the, I, I assume it's the same for you, you can really see the transformation in people when you yes. give them these tools to be able to communicate effectively in whichever arena they're they're in. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about the, the um, did you say pathology of voice? I have a minor in speech pathology. So speech pathology is all about learning how the voice functions, the things that can go wrong with the voice. And I got a minor in it just because I wanted to be enough to be dangerous. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what I needed to know to keep it healthy, keep my voice healthy, to be understanding of what good technique versus bad technique really is from that scientific perspective. And that just kind of layered on top of all of the fantastic training I received from my voice teachers over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do a similar thing. You know, you have so much information, don't you, as you're, as you're going through life that it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to pass it on, you know, just to kind of give people these, these techniques. And I'm going to open it up to, if anybody's out there listening and you want to, put a question in the uh, in the comments then please go ahead either you know for either 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 I can't speak today I need some help either of us then please put a <laughs> comment or a question in there and even if you're watching on the replay please uh, do ask us a question and we will we'll we'll get back to you but I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests sort of quite early on uh, and that is what what makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck in your eyes? Yeah, I love this question. I feel like one of the major differences between a really good speaker and a not so good speaker is intention. Good speakers have clear intention when they are speaking. They know what they want to say. They know what they the intention of their talk is. So is your intention to entertain? Is it to inform? Is it to motivate? They have very clear intentions and they map out how they're communicating to match that intention so that they are more captivating to the listener. 
versus someone who's just speaking off the cuff and hoping that something great's going to happen as a result of their presentation. <laughs> you know, that's when things go awry and you just don't know what might happen. It's it's difficult for the speaker to feel solid and grounded and clear about what's going to happen. And it's also uncomfortable for the audience to listen to that. Um, so I, I think that's a major piece. And then, you know, another piece of that be beyond the intention part is that they have very, they have practiced the skill sets that they need to be effective in influencing or sales, if that's where you want to be, or even in the entertainment space, you have practiced your craft mm. because speaking is a craft, especially good influential speaking is a craft. So are you someone who has really practiced your skill set? And that comes across. People can tell. And even the even when you see someone who's a great speaker and you think it just comes so naturally to them. More than likely, it was something they practiced over a long period of time. And that's why they come across as so, it, it's so natural, it's so easy to hear them speak. It's, it's because they've actually done a lot of work to get there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir, so to speak. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I always, I, I say memorize to improvise, but I don't mean memorize. I mean, probably right. sometimes right. that's the last thing you want to do, but it is just that kind of repetition and practice and rehearsal that it kind of becomes muscle memory so that, you know, it's so ingrained. And, and certainly that's the, the point I wanted to get to when I was performing, when I was acting a character, yeah. was to know it so well that if anything was distracting me or anything went wrong, then, then you know, it, it didn't throw me. I could, I could carry on. And that's where I like to, to get people to when they're, when they're speaking is to, to that point where it just feels so natural because they are so well rehearsed that they, yes. that they know it, that they know it yes. so well. Yeah. And it's so fascinating because as performers, we do memorize the scripts, right? We yes. are given the lines, we are given the music, and we must regurgitate it the way it's written. I mean, that's what the art, the author of that piece wanted to happen. It's not that it's some kind of improv, unless it's an improv show, which is different. But yeah. you practice it to make it look and seem natural. And I always, when I'm speaking to presenters, business presenters, there is a translation between having that memorized script as an actress and having a presentation that's well rehearsed enough to still seem off the cuff. Right. Yeah. And that is a skill set, right? You have to Absolutely. learn how to do that. Absolutely. Um, and so how do you use the kind of the music? Cause you will come on to this, but you've written a musical as well, which I think is, yes. is fabulous. <laughs> um, because I, I saw somewhere that you are a, you have a musical keynote mm -hmm. that you yes. do so that I wrote songs and singing and 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 the songs that you've written yeah so I wrote a 45 minute musical keynote presentation called stage <laughs> dreams the musical it has nine original songs and I wrote it in 2019 actually I performed it in 2019 for the first time I wrote it within a year of that and I had never written music before I had performed in uh, countless productions but I had never really sat down and wrote my own music. So it was a wonderful experience of exploring that area of my skill set that I hadn't really tapped into and working with some amazing collaborators to help me put this together as well. 
And when I created that musical, it was an act of vulnerability, tapping into my own story and exploring the possibilities for what's next for me. And it actually became part of the story. The journey of writing that musical became part of the story that the musical now describes. So it was this very cathartic experience. And now I can take individual songs from that show and I can insert them into my business speaking topics. So I speak on networking skills, sales skills, powerful communication, and I'll bring in music to help emphasize my points, to help create more memorable presentations that make an impact. And that helps me be in my zone of genius, really stand in my differentiator and my uniqueness and helps the audience members really remember what I and meant to share with them that day. Yeah. So you kind of use the um, so you use the songs almost as your slides, I assume. Because when I when I'm yes. talking to people about putting a talk together, it's very much okay. Well, the, the visuals really are just to underline a point you're making. They're you know yes. they're, they're something to really um, be memorable to the to the audience. So you use songs in that way. Yes, and my original musical actually is a slideshow presentation behind me as I speak as if I was a keynote speaker. So I have a clicker that can forward the PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. It has music that I sing to. I speak in between the songs. So it's just like you were giving a 45-minute planned keynote, except it has music in it. And then I am repurposing, just like anyone repurposes their content, right? You might, might have five different keynote talks that you take out into the world, depending on your audience. And some of that content gets repurposed. So yes. the same thing happens for me. I repurpose a song as uh, to, to emphasize a point in some other talk that I'm giving. To give you an example, I speak on networking. So networking for me, when I went to my very first networking event and I saw people walk into the room and they were interacting with each other and they were giving their 30 or 60 second introduction when the time came for that, I really correlated that to the audition. So when you go into an audition, they give you 16 bars to sing. And if you, you might not even make it through those 16 bars, they may even stop you and say, thank you very much. Next, you have to make a great first impression. So I wrote a song called 16 Bars to Broadway. And I will sing that in those presentations that are about networking skills to emphasize the point that you must have a fantastic ability to connect with your ideal client, your ideal referral partner, whoever is meant to hear that message in the room and do it in a way that's memorable so that they mm -hmm. don't immediately dismiss you and say next inside their mind. Right. So that's how I'm relating some of my skill sets in my business yeah. presentations. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fabulous. I love that. I love that idea. Um, I, I, I wonder, though, how it goes down. Because, you know, we in these sort of business networks, I've I've really only been part of the last couple of years. Um, and actually, as coming from a creative background, I always felt in networking spaces that people didn't quite know where to put me. They didn't quite know <laughs> how to deal with what it was that I did. Who was I? What did I do? Um, yes. Yeah. So how, how does it go down when you, you suddenly start singing a song in a, in a networking environment? Well, usually it's in a presentation environment. So, and, and I'm super comfortable 
with being in my zone of genius, right? So the audience is going to feel comfortable when you're comfortable. So for yep. me, it's very easy to break into song. For me, the world was meant to be a musical. <laughs> and if I went out into public and suddenly people in the grocery store start, started singing a song, I'd be like, this is my dream. <laughs> so, so that part doesn't bother me at all. What I think is important is, again, intentionality. So when you have a song, it's not just there to you know, be entertainment value, at least not if that's what I've agreed to with the organizer of that group, right? <laughs> I think there's an intention behind it that I'm going to help influence your audience to learn something new about powerful communication. And I'm going to emphasize that point with music. And I can't tell you the number of times people have come up to me after a presentation and they have said, you brought me to tears. I really saw myself in you. And it wasn't because the song was so amazing, although I have to say my songs are nice and great. <laughs> it was because of how I positioned it within the overall presentation and how I really dot connected the music to the content so that they could see themselves in that situation. And they could say to themselves, how could I approach this differently next time? Or what is my takeaway from what I just heard and saw that is going to allow me to grow as a person? Yeah. And that really is the best feedback. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's it's absolutely what I recommend everybody to do is to find those stories that are really going to resonate with your audience because it's, it's about them. It's not about you when you when you are standing on the stage presenting whatever it is that you are having, you are saying. It's really needs to be able to resonate and relate the audience need to be able to relate to you in that way so i mean a song yes is, is going to do that every time but the, the way that you're, you're speaking about that it's you know it's any kind of storytelling yeah you know people you, tell stories right absolutely it, you you great speakers have great stories mine just happen to be on top of music <laughs> sometimes right if i choose to do it that way and so when you add music into great storytelling, it just amplifies the impact yeah. that you can make. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, we need to talk about uh, the Empowered Business Network because that's, I feel almost, you're almost as passionate about that and networking as you are about yes. the music because I've been as I say I've been in that in that space with you and you can't wait you can't help yourself you have to introduce people to, <laughs> it, to, to, to to people so tell, tell me a little bit about how you got into the networking and where the passion for for that comes from yes and so I told you the story of I had a friend take me to a business networking event and I loved the energy of it and I felt like this is a place that is just another version of a stage for me. I really saw networking events and networking conferences and networking summits as a version of a stage where I could walk in and really, really shine. Because again, I was really good at going into an audition holding room and making a great first impression, getting cast, getting cast. So there's the same thing happening when you're in a networking environment. You are auditioning yourself to, and you're, you're also auditioning other people and you're saying, who's in the room that I really want to connect with that has the same energy as me, that's going to relate to me. And that process I find really fun, really fun and interesting. So when you find something that you love, you want to lean in just a little bit more. So I, I love the fact that I feel good when I sing and I feel really good when I network and they really go together in some instances. Yeah. 
because I loved it so much, I became the managing director of that first chapter that I was introduced to. And I, I ran that chapter for a couple of years, got some experience in facilitation. Then I ran another networking group for a couple of years. And finally, I decided to launch my own business networking group as a virtual group because I had lots of connections all over and I didn't want to limit myself just to my local area. So I happened to launch it in January of 2020, which was before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit in March, I was already in the place I wanted to be. And that just yeah. helped create even more momentum and excitement for me. Um, really also being able to support people during that really challenging yeah. time because there was so much going on. Um, and now I feel like it's in a really great place where we have created a culture around how we're different than maybe other virtual networking groups that are out there. And I really attract those creatives, right? I'm attracting the creatives, the speakers, the singers, the, the, um, marketing creatives, the sales professional creatives, and we love to hang out with each other. So, yeah. you know, why not? <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I'm going to ask if anybody out there has a question, please, please do, uh, ask away because that's that's what we're here for but I'm going to ask uh, Stephanie what then is your advice to anybody stepping in to I mean you say audition to people that have never been to an audition and they are going to go oh no way <laughs> I couldn't possibly you know put them off even more walking into a space so what advice would you give somebody walking into a networking space knowing that they've got to give this kind of 60 second data pitch you know thing yeah, well, and people already identify networking as being comfortable or uncomfortable. There are people who love networking and there are people who try to avoid networking, <laughs> right? So I think they're already viewing it as a space that can feel vulnerable. Um, so I use my audition skills to create the safety, to say, listen, if you prepare yourself in the right way, you will feel so much more comfortable being in the networking environment if you weren't before. And even if you were comfortable in networking environment, you're going to be much more effective in getting the result that you really want when you add some intentionality behind it. So from the audition perspective, when you audition for a role, you have to be very intentional about the song that you choose to audition with, about the monologue that you choose to audition with, about what you wear when you go to that audition, the look that you want those people to see from you, all of that is very carefully planned out if you're going to be successful in the audition world. So from the networking perspective, the same thing applies. And I always talk about three different voices that can help you be a better networker. The first voice is your purpose voice. So this is what is the intention that you have for yourself at this networking event? How do you want to feel at that networking event? What is the main outcome you want to experience at that networking event? And how do you want other people to feel when they hear you and interact with you at that networking event? If you can get clear around that, you're already way above what most people will do before they walk into that networking event. You already have intention. Then the second voice is your physical voice. So this is how you sound. Are you sounding bored? When you introduce yourself, are you sounding excited when you introduce yourself? Are you sounding clear about like you understand yourself and you are clear who you are? Or are you sounding a little wishy-washy like, well, I do a little this and I do a little that. I'm not really sure why I'm here today. I hope I just meet some great people. Like all of that comes out in the sound of your voice. So when you have that intention and you build upon it, now the voice can sound more in alignment with your intention. 
And then the third voice is your mental voice. And this is actually the structure of your talk and the words you choose to use. So when you are clear about your intention, the purpose of why you're there, that grounds you into your voice and how you want to speak and how you want to have that authority and the sound of your voice. Now map out what are the key bullet points that you really want to share about yourself? What's that transformation that you provide in your business? What I do at Empower Business Networking is I encourage everyone to follow a format that is I work with and you describe your ideal client who struggles with and you share one or two really key pain points that they may have and who really desires. And then this is the transformation you provide. So what are they walking away with when they work with you? And when you can tune into that little structure, which is that mental voice, now you have even more grounding to be able to show up and be successful in drawing forward those people you're meant to serve. So that, that whole piece, when you can do all three voices together, you become super captivating. No, absolutely. And I think I love that the, uh, the, the analogy between the, that and an audition, because I'd never really considered it in that way. But actually, in the early days of, of stepping into a room, not even uh, being on a Zoom call in like little screens, but physically walking into a room full of people that you don't know, that you know you're going to have to interact with, then, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a really, really good analogy. And I think it's a, you know, some fantastic advice there for people that are, are doing are doing that. So what's the advice you give to people when you when you're uh, when they're doing a sales pitch? Is it is it the same or is there there's a different intention? There is some overlap with a sales pitch. So first of all, it, when you're in sales, you have to have an intention. What is the outcome you really want? One of the challenges that salespeople sometimes have is they've got too many offers and they offer up everything. And they're like, I've got this thing and I've got this thing and I've got th be intentional in the flow of your funnel. I find, especially in networking events, it's really great to start with something low cost or free, right? It's just one thing you offer, just a low cost freebie that allows people to just get to know you better. And that's really the positioning that you want to enter it in with when you're in that networking environment is get to know me so I can also get to know you. Here's this really low cost or free thing that you can do. And then we can talk further about, does it make sense to be referral partners? Does it make sense that you might need my services? And it doesn't feel as salesy in that networking environment. If you are a speaker who sells from the stage, like you are selling a product and you want people to go run to the back and buy it, that's a whole nother strategy that has some key elements that you need to think through. And intention, of course, is one of them, but you also have to have a super powerful call to action. And there are, are pieces inside a call to action that need to be in place to be able to be more influential. So for example, you need to have maybe a time limiter or only the first five people are gonna get this discount, or this is good only through the end of today. Um, and, and you want to be able to give clear instructions on how to take advantage of that offer. So it's, you walk them through step by step, you're going to get up out of your seat right now, you're going to go to the back table. And those people are going to help you sign up, right? Like, so super clear, because people need to be told what to do. Um, and you're going to be more successful when you have that clarity. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great advice. Um, so where can people, if, if you, uh, people want to come and I'll show people here your, this is your, the, the website for your voice coaching. Yes. Everything uh, I do is under the umbrella of empoweryourvoice.com. So you can find out about my speaking, my singing keynotes, my networking group, 
my, uh, you know, just reaching out to me, anything and everything about my business is, is on my website, you know, feel free to, to scroll through and check it out. Brilliant. Brilliant. And I will, I'm going to show this cause I saw this today on, uh, I think it was on <laughs> LinkedIn. Use your voice every day in a way that brings you joy. That's lovely. So how, how, how do you how do you use your voice to bring joy? I, I'm thinking it's going to be around the singing, but is it? Is it, that how it's yes, it is that, and it's also when I share my message in an authentic way. When I, for example, even create a post like that, like I looked at that post, I created it, and I said, even making this post is bringing me some joy, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's when you really are saying the thing you're meant to say in the world. And you know, when that happens, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I, I really said the thing I wanted to say. I feel good about that message. I feel like I'm putting myself out there in a healthy, authentic way. So for me, that turns up in networking. I love to network. I love to connect people to people they never knew before. In fact, I was telling you, you have to meet Dan Cooper. <laughs> so Dan, I'm going to be tagging you on this video um, because I love to, I love to just see people's eyes light up when they meet someone who's really in alignment with them. I love to see the business that gets, ends up getting done as a result of that. I love to see the friendships that get made as a result of great networking. And um, it's just one of the things that brings me joy. So using my voice to create those connections is an alignment and I can do it all day long and it doesn't even feel like work. Yes. Well, you know, the, the voice is is so underrated sometimes, you know, so mm -hmm. to say to people, you you know, just it's your voice. Use it. It's it shows who you are. It shows your enthusiasm, your passion, all of those things. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big up the voice. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Stephanie. It's been absolutely, well, such a pleasure with so much information in there as well. I'm sure there's lots and lots of advice that people have can take away from our conversation today. And I certainly am going to go in Birmingham. I assume Dan, Dan Cooper, you are in Birmingham. Yes. As am I. <laughs> We're going to be uh, making a connection right now. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm only here till tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, no, thank you so much for being here, Stephanie. I've really appreciated your time. And, and thank you to everybody out there that's listening. If you're watching on the replay, do get in touch. Uh, you can go to Stephanie's uh, uh, website. You can go to my website at powertospeak.co.uk. Uh, come and find us. Ask us a question. We're very happy to get in contact with you. So again, Stephanie, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Jackie.